This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. It is so good to have you back. I'm Todd McComas, and it's finally Friday, which means many of you are listening to this on your way home from work. And listen, I get it. You're decompressing. You're trying to unwind after a a long week of transplanting kidneys or making designer lampshades or something else that improves the lives of others. And I think the least I can do in return is to finish catching you up on the top crime stories of 2023. So let's get into it. A cross-country adventure turns deadly? A family's history repeats itself? A dessert becomes a murder weapon, and stupid is as stupid does. All coming up on this Day in Crime. One of the most crushing stories in 2021 and 2022 was the disappearance and murder of travel vlogger Gabby Petito. She was only 22. Now I'm going to recap that part of the story and then talk about the new 2023 development that carries this tragic saga into the new year. Gabby was reported missing on September 11th, 2021, while on a cross-country camping adventure with her fiancé, Brian Laundrie. The two planned to sleep in their van and document the entire four-month expedition on social media. But early into their journey, there was trouble in paradise. A witness called 911 and reported that they saw Brian hit Gabby while they were driving in their van along the highway. So they were stopped by officers in Moab, Utah. But despite the witness statement, they decided not to arrest Brian after he and Gabby agreed to separate for the night. And one week later, things did appear to be going much better when they posted photos of themselves laughing and kissing. Gabby's last post on Instagram was on August 25th while they were in Grand Teton National Park. And two days after that post, her mother received a strange text from Gabby's phone that read, Can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. Now her mom said that text was strange because Stan is her grandpa and she's never referred to him as Stan. So obviously she became concerned and tried to get a hold of Gabby to make sure that everything was okay. But she didn't hear back until several days later. And that was in the form of a text message that read simply, no service in Yosemite. And on September 1st, 2021, Brian Laundrie arrived home in Northport, Florida way earlier than expected and without Gabby. And he refused to provide any information about where Gabby was to her parents. So on September 11th, Gabby's mother filed a missing persons report. And being the last known person to see Gabby, the police tried to get an interview with Brian, but he was nowhere to be found. When they spoke to his parents, they said that he had gone on a hiking trip in the Carlton Reserve in Sarasota. Four days later, the Northport Police Department officially named Brian Laundrie a person of interest, stating that he had refused to cooperate with their investigation. And on September 14th, Brian's parents finally broke their silence. 
they released a public statement through their attorney supporting a search for Gabby near Grand Teton National Park. They also expressed hope that she would be reunited with her family. Meanwhile, police were searching for Brian at the Carlton Reserve, but the problem was that's a 24,000 acre piece of land. And while that search was going on, the search for Gabby would come to a tragic conclusion. Her family's worst nightmare had come true. Gabby's remains were found in Grand Teton National Park, the place her van was last seen and the place Brian's parents alluded to in their statement. It was later determined that Gabby had been strangled. So because this was now a murder and there were so many jurisdictions involved, the FBI took over the investigation. They immediately executed a search of Brian's home and among other items, they seized his car and a hard drive. They also obtained a warrant for his arrest, not for doing anything to Gabby directly, but for using Gabby's debit card to make cash withdrawals after she had gone missing. But unfortunately, they'd never get the chance to arrest him, nor would they get the chance to question him about what happened to Gabby, because Brian would eventually be found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound on the Carlton Reserve. And near his body, the FBI found a notebook filled with Brian's handwriting. And upon examination, they found that in that notebook, Brian had written a confession. Now, he didn't flat out confess to Gabby's murder because he's a cowardly scumbag, but he did confess to deceiving Gabby's parents by texting her mother from Gabby's phone. And I'm going to trust that we can all read between the lines there. Now, here's the big development that happened on November 30th, 2023. Gabby's parents filed a lawsuit against Brian's parents, Christopher and Roberta Laundrie, and their attorney, Stephen Bertolino. The lawsuit alleges that 13 days before Gabby was reported missing, Brian made a frantic phone call to his parents and told them that Gabby was gone and that he needed an attorney. It goes on to claim that his parents paid Bertolino a retainer four days later to secure his services for their son and that Bernalino secured counsel for Brian in Wyoming and in the actual county that Gabby's remains were later found. How screwed up is that? And it's not like the Petitos are pulling these accusations out of thin air. All of those allegations were revealed during depositions of Brian's parents in October. And I want to note that this lawsuit describes the laundry's conduct while Gabby was still missing as odious. Now, I don't quite know what odious means, but if it's anything close to heinously shitty, then I agree. If you thought that everyone in the mafia had retired to become a big-time podcaster, you were wrong. Granted, there's plenty of the older guys that have done that, but the younger guys, still at it. In November of 2023, 10 men linked to the Gambino crime family were arrested for allegedly using baseball bats and other intimidation tactics to muscle their way into New York City garbage hauling and demolition businesses. The Sopranos was so accurate. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office, each of these guys was arrested and charged on a 16-count indictment that includes racketeering conspiracy, extortion, witness retaliation, and union-related crimes, all committed in their attempt to dominate the New York carding and demolition industries. And get this, law enforcement in Italy arrested six other mafia members who helped orchestrate this move. 
Now, among the 10 men arrested here in the States was Joseph Lonnie, a.k.a. Joe Brooklyn, a.k.a. Mamino, which evidently means little mama's boy in Italian. But I'd be careful calling him that to his face because Joe was actually a capo or captain in the Gambino crime family. In a call recorded by the FBI, <clears throat> wiretap, one of these guys bragged about how they threatened to cut one of the business owners in half if he didn't make tribute, which in mafia speak means extortion payments. They also put one of the employees in the hospital by beating him with a hammer. But all in all, these indictments were a big win for law enforcement, and they let the rest of us know two things. Wiretaps are still cool, and the mafia ain't dead. Why am I craving spaghetti? You know what's really good after spaghetti? A big old slice of cheesecake. In 2022, 47-year-old Victoria Nazarova was convicted of a fistful of charges, including attempted murder for poisoning her friend's cheesecake in a plot to steal her identity. The two women look a lot alike, so the Russian-born Nazarova thought her friend was the perfect target. In the summer of 2016, Nazarova went to her friend Olga Tesvik's home in Queens, New York for an eyelash touch-up. And to thank her for her kindness, she brought her a cheesecake as a gift and to murder her. She poisoned the cheesecake with phenazepam, a powerful tranquilizer which, interestingly enough, is produced in Russia. Olga said she became ill about 20 minutes after eating the phenazepam cheesecake, so she went to bed. The next day, one of her other friends, who was not a murderer, found her unconscious. Her friend said there were pills scattered all around Olga, which as it turns out, Nazarova staged so her death would look like an intentional overdose. She was taken to the hospital and eventually returned home to discover her passport and employment authorization card were missing, along with several of her valuables. Now, believe it or not, this wasn't Nazarova's first rodeo. She is also wanted in Russia for the 2014 murder of her neighbor. That's how Nazarova got here. She fled to New York after she was accused of killing that woman and stealing her money. Now, allegedly, at least as far as the rumors go in Russia, she seduced the lead detective in her case, and he allegedly helped her escape. And I need to say that she has denied any involvement with that particular woman's death. As for the attempted murder of her friend here in the States, she was sentenced to 21 years in April of 2023. And after her sentence was read, the judge asked her if she wished to make a statement, to which she replied, F you, except she said the whole thing and in a Russian accent. Man, I just wish there was a way to keep our show free for listeners and offer them some really good deals on some really cool stuff. Oh shit, there is. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. And finally, let's close out the weekday portion of our recap with what I consider the three dumbest criminals of 2023. Brian Garfield Fort was charged with the murder of a 20-year-old man in DeKalb County, Georgia in March of 2023. But despite this murder warrant hanging over his head, he managed to avoid apprehension for nearly three months. Then on June 8th, he got hungry, hungry for seafood. So he drove to the Juicy Crab in Brookhaven and got his grub on, and he spared no expense. He ran up a $100 tab, and before his server could bring the check, he bolted, the old dine and dash. And he left in such a rush, he left his cell phone on the table, a cell phone in which the wallpaper was a close-up selfie of his face. And his server was Joanne on the spot. She ran out to the parking lot and snapped a photo with her cell phone of the license plate of the car he sped away in. And I don't know what you know about Atlanta, but they have flock cameras everywhere. And flock cameras read and store license plate numbers. So when the waitress gave the photo to the police, they ran the plate number and got a hit on Fort for his murder warrant. And then when they entered his plate number into the flock system, they were able to track his car's movement all the way to his home. And there they put the grabs on him. So what he thought was going to be a free meal will likely end up costing him the rest of his life, making Brian Garfield Fort my third dumbest criminal of 2023. So now meet the man who took the silver, Josiah Ernesto Garcia, a 21-year-old Air National Guardsman who was arrested in April of 2023 for applying to be a hitman on a parody website. While searching for work as a mercenary, Garcia came across www.rentahitman.com, a website that was created in 2005 to advertise a cybersecurity startup. But after the startup never got up, the site's admin began to notice they were getting all these ridiculous inquiries for hitman services. So the admin converted it to a parody site with fake testimonials from people who have claimed to use its services. You know, just to amuse himself. But then he got a serious inquiry from Garcia, not wanting a hitman, but wanting to be a hitman. And upon request, he submitted identification documents and a resume, as well as indicating he was an expert marksman in the Air National Guard and that his nickname was Reaper. Whatever, dude. Garcia continued to follow up with the site for about a month and eventually the admin had turned the site over to the FBI. So now Garcia was communicating with an undercover FBI agent and this undercover agent offered Garcia a contract, $5,000 to take someone out. 
And after Garcia accepted this contract, he met the agent in a park to close the deal. He accepted photos of his target, a complete dossier on where to find him at what time of day, and a big fat $2,500 deposit. And before these two could shake hands, a shit ton of feds came out from the trees and swooped in on him. Dummy! Congratulations, you get second place. And that means it's time for first place. The winner of the dumbest criminal of 2023 is Kenwan McDaniel. Kenwan is a very talented rap artist in Las Vegas who had gunned down and murdered Randall Wallace in September of 2021. But no one knew that. At least the police didn't know that. That is until August of 2023, when Kenwan released his new rap video on YouTube. I don't think he had a label. And when the detective working Randall Wallace's murder watched Kenwan's rap video, he couldn't help but notice that Kenwan's lyrics were full of intimate details of his murder of an unnamed man. Intimate details that mirrored exactly how Wallace had been murdered. Intimate details that police never released to the public, so intimate details only Wallace's killer would know. From there, detectives were able to build their own case and fit in all the missing pieces of the puzzle and charge Kinwan with the murder of Randall Wallace. Now, they haven't set a date for Kinwan's trial yet, but make no mistake about it, he has been convicted. Convicted of being the dumbest criminal of 2023. That's all I have for today. So that is a wrap on our weekday recap of 2023. Tune in tomorrow for Jessica Knoll as she officially rounds out our recap with a story that had some huge developments in 2023. And just as a reminder, I'll be back Monday to kick off our normal broadcast schedule, which will focus exclusively on the biggest crime stories happening right now. For those of you who were looking for a show that only recaps the biggest stories of 2023, just keep listening to the last five episodes on loop. This Day in Crime is a production of Timberfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Jessica Nola and myself are co-executive producers. Today's episode is hosted and written by me, Todd McComas. You've been listening all week to my other co-hosts and writers, Laura Benson and Eric Quintana. Sean Nerney is our lead producer and editor. John Street and Tracy Kaplan are the supervising producers, along with additional production by Dennis Cooper, Dayton Cole, Cena Pritchard, and Jordan Foxworthy. Original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. The cover art is by Byron McCoy and Isabella Maxey. Special thanks to the team at UTA, Beck Media and Marketing, and the Nord Group. Sources for today's episode can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And don't forget to check out Saturday's Back in Crime episode written and hosted by Jessica Knoll. I'll see you on Monday.